This man has a smile that lights up a television screen from here to Bangor, Maine. One of the greatest players of all time, Elvin It's showtime. The same principles really apply from being a, a basketball player as well as a CEO. When you think about focus, strategy, discipline. Uh, so I'm still that same guy that has those same principles. Now I know you know that voice. It's showtime. It is the Magic Man. And Magic Johnson is going to be giving us tips on business and in life on today's Super U podcast. So without further ado, let's go, go, go. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but Welcome to today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Quammen. Most of you know me as Equal Man. Man, did I have a week. I'm telling you what, I was in Saudi Arabia. What a gorgeous, gorgeous country. I went to Alula. I'd never heard of it. You probably have never heard of it either. They opened up the country, Saudi Arabia, in around 2018. So it's basically been closed off from the rest of the world. And so we have these preconceived notions. I certainly did. You hear it on the news, the media all the time. I'm concerned as I go over there, my agent right away says, you need a bodyguard, which I said, I'm not getting a bodyguard. The other thing that came up is that when you're there, you're like, don't make any mistakes, they're gonna chop your head off. So there's all these misconceived notions here in the United States. Now, definitely the country's not perfect, just like all of us, we're a work in progress. Uh, as Amanda Gorman said, we're countries that are works in progress. But anyways, beautiful, beautiful part of the world, beautiful country. They had 121 dignitaries that flew in. They were there for the World Cup. So Qatar, as you guys know, is right next to Saudi Arabia. So they came over for two days. So 121 dignitaries. We're talking Norway. We're talking Uruguay. We're talking Japan. We're talking China. We're talking Australia. We're talking America. We're talking England. So amazing, amazing, amazing time. So check it out. Go Google A-L-U-L-A to check out those images. Saudi Arabia. It's one of the blessings of what I do is being able to go around the world and it just reconfirmed something that I truly believe is true. Like it's not even debatable. If you travel enough, and I've been fortunate now to speak in 56 different countries, same thing holds true. What do people want? They want enough money to provide for their families. And they wanna be happy and healthy, basically about friends and family. And they wanna have enough money just to be able to not worry about money. And they wanna be happy and healthy. They want to be safe. That's it for all of us. We're all connected. We're all one spirit. So whenever I think that's not the case, I say a prayer for myself saying shame on you because most people, there's still bad people in every country, but most of us, most of us want the same thing. And so it's just beautiful to see people were so welcoming over there to me. They couldn't have been nicer. Um, where we stayed was unbelievable. And the food, incredible. Man, it's the best baba ganoush I've ever had. If you don't know what baba ganoush is, it's 
eggplant. Think about hummus. Most people know what hummus is. And the hummus there is amazing too. But the baba ganoush, that eggplant with that smoky flavor, mm, that was the piece de resistance. So let's get into today's Super You podcast. We've got Irvin Magic Johnson. I didn't have to do any research on Irvin Magic Johnson because most of you know he played his college basketball at Michigan State University. So an idol of mine growing up, I grew up in Rochester, Michigan. Love the Magic Man. He had those Converse weapons. Remember 1984, the, when he was playing for the Lakers, he had the purple, gold, and white. And then he had Larry Bird with the green and white. And I hated Larry Bird. I love Larry Bird now, but I hate him because I'm a Detroit Pistons fan. But he had Magic Man. Oh, Showtime, the Lakers. Huge, huge hero of mine growing up because I loved, loved basketball. And then as luck would have it and hard work and persistence paid off, I make the Michigan State basketball team get a scholarship and playing at the same school as Magic Johnson. So unreal. So now we start to get exposure to Magic because he'd play against us in the summer league in the summer games. But if you'll recall, he contracted the HIV virus in 91. He retires at the height of his game. This is the NBA MVP, like the LeBron James of the time. The only place he can play basketball because everyone's concerned about what if he gets cut, get some blood on you. So there was a lot of stuff we hadn't learned yet about the HIV virus. But the one place that he could play in practice was against us, the current Michigan State team. So he'd come to the Breslin Center on East in Michigan State's campus. And we get to play against the reigning MVP. And I remember him walking in the first day of the gym and all of us kind of turn our heads and go, that's a point guard? He's bigger than our center. And so it's just amazing experience to be able to guard Magic Johnson, to be able to play against him. And the thing is, he is such a great guy. What you see on TV, you see that infectious smile. You see that energy. Oh my gosh, that bottled up that energy. That's the Magic Man. Unbelievable, that guy. I don't know how he does it, how he has the energy to be on like that all the time. But that's people are attracted to him. He's a magnet and he's a great team leader. So People argue Michael Jordan's the best player of all time. Now they're saying maybe it's, you know, LeBron James, Steph Curry, the Greek freak. I'll tell you what, you give me choice of my first pick to start a team, it's the Magic Man. It's Magic Johnson because he makes everybody around him better, both on the court and we're going to find out also in the boardroom. So you think about on the court and in the boardroom, he's been very successful in business, which is an anomaly, 70% of these NBA players go broke within three years out of getting out of the league. And here's Magic, his net worth is around $700 million. He's an owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So super, super pumped to have Magic Johnson on the show. And also I was just speaking on stage with Magic, uh, it was about three weeks ago in Las Vegas. So I, he kicked off the first day and I was kicking off the second day. So I'm sitting there going, okay, how do I tie this in? Tie this in, you got two former Michigan State basketball players. So I said, well, you know, you know, my career in basketball is a little, little lesser, uh, understatement of the year, a little lesser than Magic Johnson. But I wanted to do some research, so I had some MIT students do some research to figure out, was there a stat in basketball where I was better than the Magic Man, right? We've got all these advanced analytics. So I'm like, is there a statistic where I was better than Magic Johnson? So the MIT students come back, they're as excited as MIT students can get. And they go, we found one. I'm like, that's crazy, you did? And then here it comes, here it comes. 
They go, yeah, your number 42 was higher than his number 33 in college. That's it. That's all I got. My number was higher than his 42. As you know, Jackie Robinson wore the number 42. It's my favorite number, but my favorite thing is getting into these tips and tricks that can help us become our superhero. So we're all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape and magic's going to give us those tips and tricks to give us that courage to wear the cape because he's the greatest teammate arguably of all time. Now, Magic, you've been successful on the basketball court. Everyone knows that. Most people also know you on the Los Angeles Dodgers. You've been very successful off the basketball court, which is not the norm, right? Most folks, they get in the NBA. They're young. They're 19. You left school as a sophomore. You won the NCAA title. You're the only player in the history to this day even, there's won a high school championship, a state championship, NBA title, and Olympic gold. Only one to win all those championships. So that says you're a winner on the court, but more importantly, you've been a winner off the court in business. How do you do that? How did you make that transition? Because again, a lot of times, Someone talented like you, you're leaving after your freshman year, your sophomore year. Heck, some of these kids like LeBron, they don't even go to, go to college at all. They're straight into the league. They're 17, 18. They've got a whole community that's relying on them for that revenue. They don't know how to handle that success or that money or people saying, hey, I got you to the league. You owe me some money. But they've got their handout. They want that handout. So walk us through how you've been so successful navigating not an easy situation not only navigating it but thriving becoming one of the best business moguls across the world the same principles really apply from being a, a basketball player as well as a ceo when you think about focus strategy discipline uh, so I'm still that same guy that has those same principles as a CEO. And, and what I was doing as a basketball player first, and also a competitor, because I hate to lose at anything, right? <laughs> and I took that same competitive spirit to the boardroom as well. Um, I'm a perfectionist. So I was a perfectionist as a basketball player. I did the drills over and over and over again. And even today, I'm a perfectionist and I wanna do everything the right way. So when you think about principles of being an athlete or a basketball player, it's the same thing as a CEO. All right, we're going to get in our time machine. We're going to go back to May 16th, 1980, arguably in my mind, it's the greatest individual performance in sport ever. So you're playing the 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers, in the championship, and you're up three games to two. Just need one more game to win it all. You guys are the better team. All of a sudden, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, your center, and at the time, the best player in the world, gets injured. Now you're going into game six without your best player, the center. You're the point guard, and they decide that you're going to play center to replace Kareem. And I can't even make this up. This is just unbelievable. And I, every time I read these statistics, it's unreal. You had 42 points. You're playing out of position, and you're missing your best player. So the defense can hone, can focus on you. They can focus on you. 
and you have 42 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, three steals, and most importantly, you win the game and you win the NBA championships. How in the heck did you do that? How in the heck did you get in the right frame of mind? How'd you have that mindset to even be able to accomplish this? Well, we up 3-2. Kareem springs his ankle the night before. Now we got to go to Philly for game six. I get to the airport. My teammates' heads are down. And I said, what's wrong? Didn't you hear? Kareem can't play. I said, so what? I told him we're going to win despite Kareem not playing. Rookie, go sit down, they said. No way we can beat Philly without Kareem. Because he was averaging over 30 points a game in the series. So I said, I got to do something. So I asked the flight attendant, could I get on the plane first? Because Kareem sat in the first seat always. So I'm going to sit in his seat. So I sat in Kareem's seat. And as every Laker went by, I said, never fear. Magic is here. They started laughing like that. So I had five hours to work on their mindset and attitude because a winner figures out how to win despite of the market. If you lose a a big contract, you're going to come back and get another big contract. You're sitting here for a reason. See, this is important. So I knew that if I didn't work on them for five hours going to Philly, we were going to get blown out. So I did. I kept telling them, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. This is how we're going to win this game. We blew them out in Philly. And that dude named Irvin Johnson, you know, that little rookie dude, 20 years old, had 42 points, 15 rebounds, and seven assists. Switching gears back to the business world, walk us through how important are mentors and, and how do you find those mentors and how do you surround yourself with those mentors? And last but not least, what role does ego play in all of this? Ego in terms of that success, ego as it relates to asking questions. Well, first of all, you got to take your ego out of it. See, what made me a great basketball player wouldn't make me a great CEO. I have to understand because I didn't know business. So that's why those mentors were so important to me. And then somebody finally is going to say no to you. Mm. And then you have to have a thirst for knowledge, right? And so that's why I was meeting with so many people, because I was hungry for knowledge. And I wasn't shy about asking questions. And so I think for me, it was just making sure I got in the right rooms with the right people, make sure I got enough uh, experts in terms of being my mentors, that experts in business, and then, um, and then make sure that then I apply what I learned from them. In my book, The Focus Project, we talk about being persistent in the short term, but patient in the long term. Do you agree with this or is it something that sounds great on a t-shirt, but it's not true in real life in the business world? Because you can work for six months or two months on a deal and you think everything is lined up and now it's coming down to you guys just signing the papers. And that person or that company can change their mind or the economy can go bad. I mean, it's things that you can't predict in business. You can do everything right. And um, or you can be in line with each other. 
uh, same mission statement, on and on and on. And uh, you may never get a deal or, you know, some things you expect won't happen, a deal, you say, well, that's not going to happen. And then it can turn and it can happen. So uh, it, you have to have a lot of patience. Now, someone that performs at the highest levels, whether it's on the basketball court or whether it's in the boardroom, you've dealt with a lot of pressure over the course of your playing career and now your business career. Now, walk us through, how do you handle, you've been able to, it looks, on the basketball court, you're smiling, you look like relaxed, you're having fun out there, but I know there's that fire inside of you that's burning. You can't be successful without that fire. But how do you seem better than most? How do you seem to handle that pressure? I think pressure, we all gonna have pressure, but if we are prepared, right, if we've done everything we're supposed to do, done all the research, we know all the numbers, we understand the, de the deliverables, which is very important, and then who's going to manage those deliverables, right? You only hire people like yourselves. See, I only hire people like myself, workers. Smart, and they love to work until we get it done. Once I know I got that team, and we've done all the research and homework and vetted the deal and we're ready, then I don't feel pressure because I know that we've done everything we're supposed to do to put ourselves in a position to win. That don't mean we're going to win, but we've done everything that we were supposed to do. Now, your businesses have been very successful, but also what's really cool about it is it's really helped the community. You've invested in areas where no one was willing to invest. And so talk to us a little bit about the community and the ability to do business, but also business for good. So you kind of do both. And it's just amazing. It's incredible. And a lot of us strive for this. A lot of CEOs talk about this, but you actually did it. When you think about urban America, there was no new money, no new investments in our community. So what I wanted to do was go into the community and bring just that. So I was addressing demand that was already there. See, when you start a business, you have to, you don't want to build a company or a business and then say, hope they come. That's gonna be quick downfall. Where I said, oh man, this is a demand in urban America. There's spending power in urban America. So if I build it, they will already come. I didn't have to sell them on it. And if it's in business, uh, it was um, really having this great business strategy and business plan and 10 banks turning me down. And um, they didn't want to invest in urban America. They didn't believe in urban America. They had never set a foot in urban America. So... Um, that was the setback as far as business, not understanding why they didn't want to do that. No, it's, it's sometimes it's how you really deal with it. See, all of us going to have to deal with something that's tough, whether it's a disease or ailment or not just for you, it might be your family member. So it's how you deal with it is important. And so um, I always meet things head on.
meet hardships head on. It's easier said than done, but that's a great way for us to wrap up today's Super U podcast. Meet those hardships head on. Easier said than done. But when you get up in the morning, you've got a list. You know that that's one thing you need to do. That's where your focus needs to go. Some call it eating the frog first. It's what do I know that I need to do that's going to either make me better, the business better, the team better. And sometimes we don't want to do it. So we start answering email. We start cleaning the house. We avoid doing what we have to do. And that's not going away. So you might as well de-stress yourself by actually attacking that thing. As Jeff Bezos says in our, our episode with him, definitely go listen to that one, Jeff Bezos. He said, stress isn't caused by activity, it's caused by inactivity. Meaning that you know you should be doing something and you're not doing. In short, hard work works. And I hope you have the courage today to take that, that challenge you have. All, everyone listening, you've got some challenge. There's something you're wrestling with. My hope is that you're able to take that on. Take it on head on today. And these are great, great insights from Magic Johnson. Unbelievable. The basketball career, an unbelievable the man post-basketball career. He's given so much back to our university, Michigan State University. Can't, it's unbelievable how much he gives back to Michigan State. Still involved, calls Coach Izzo, calls the players. Uh, he is involved, gives money back to the university. And so just a great shining light, a hero of mine growing up. So it's great to get some insights from the magic man, Magic Johnson. And this is all possible because you, the listener, keep tuning in. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, definitely reach out to me, equalman, at equalman.com. What do you think you want to hear on the podcast? Or even if you have just a question that you want to be answered on the show, we'll definitely try to get to those. And a huge thanks to our producers here. We've got Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and of course, Kelsey Gomez. But until next time, this is Equal Man reminding all of us we're all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. And remember that kind is cool. And until next time, it's not what we take from the world. It is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. 